1: Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Cantoneo with Jim Kramer David Faber's on assignment. S&P is within about 4% of a closing high, but futures are weak as the Kremlin downplays any notion of a breakthrough at this week's ceasefire talks. VIX, though, still below 20. Our roadmap begins with some recession risks, the bond market sounding that alarm, and a pretty stark warning from the CEO of Restoration Hardware last night. Plus, rallying like it's 03. Apple is eyeing a $3 trillion market cap once again. And Micron rallying on this optimistic guide. We're going to talk to Sanjay Marotra in just a few moments. We're going to start, though, with the markets and recession risks. This is what RH CEO Gary Friedman had to say about the Fed, about inflation on his company's earnings call.
2: I just wonder if anybody, the Fed, has picked up the phone and called a business person and said, Hey, what do you think is happening with inflation? How's ocean rates?
0: How's this? How's
2: that? I mean, you know, I, I think, I don't think anybody really understands what's coming from an inflation point of view, because either businesses are going to make a lot less money, or they're going to raise their prices. And I don't think anybody really understands how high prices are going to go everywhere, in restaurants, in you know, cars, and everything. It's... And I, you know, I think it's going to outrun the consumer. And I think, you know, we're going to be in some, some tricky space.
1: It's actually part of a much longer, almost bizarre answer in which he references the big short uh, and all kinds. But the bottom line is, Jimmy says it's the toughest guide since maybe
2: 08, 09. Right. He was Alman Brothers rambling man. <laughs> uh, conference call. I love Gary. Shot him an email because he, he's talking about like, you know, it's kind of like the rich are not like you or me. He actually talks about. Who can afford this stuff? Now, I'll say that he did say that uh, business has fallen off pretty dramatically since the war began. There's also an existential uh, component, which basically I I, I could have said that he said that rich people are worried about being about the atomic bomb. So they're holding back. Uh, But what he mainly is talking about, uh, and he's been ranting about this for a long time and done a lot about it is the stuff that Jay Pal I think, now agrees with, which is that, you know, we got to find a way to be able to cut things. So if people did pick up the phone and call Jay, like if he were to do that, I think Jay would say, listen, everything you said I know and I'm doing my best, but it's very hard to stop. Now, the one thing Gary does have is he caters to the ultra rich and the ultra rich are are doing quite well. So he's just introduced a, a new look for a yacht. Um, he's introducing some, uh, yeah. a place in London that I'm trying to get into with, because my sister-in-law is over there, which is just a gorgeous uh, baby mansion museum. And uh, I think he's going to do fine. He gave you a three-for-one split. I don't know what that's necessarily worth, but I bet you Gary buys. I bet you he buys stock within the next month.
1: Well, he's going to sell some as part of right, a— yes, do an option the, yes. thing. Yes. But I
2: think he can— do it so that in the end he's longer than we thought.
1: Yeah. Uh Jeffries does come to RH's defense today. Uh, the 50% cut, the multiples excessive, moderation and luxury real estates baked in. March data Jim suggests million dollar homes are not doomed. Uh their targets 560 would be 40% I like upside.
2: I like that. I also just fine You know, he's doing this Bethlehem Steel Place, historic Bethlehem Steel Place in San Francisco. He's got the guest houses in New York. Um, He's doing amazing things. The luxury yacht will be available. I actually tried to get, I mean, you could rent these yachts. uh, And they're very competitive. I mean, he's just basically saying, look, this is the way it looks. It's not out there to sell the yacht. Like, you can decorate your yacht like that. I do not have a yacht. But overall, what I thought in the conference call was like, I think that Gary was upset, um, upset by the last few weeks and how he was doing, uh, and I wish Gary had been less rambling because he's a fabulous CEO, and I think you could distill what he said into about, like, maybe sure. cliff notes. Yeah.
1: Uh, by the way, three for one split as we continue to be on split right, watch. Right. Um, if he had called Powell, wouldn't Powell's answer be, I, sure, I can raise rates. How's it going to affect or help production well, in uh, Shanghai?
2: Well, then at the same point, he's like saying, listen, if you raise rates, our business is going to do very poorly. So he references Yellen four times and pal twice. So he should call Yellen first because he was really hard on Yellen in this call. I, I think that Gary is is really upset about what you just what you're talking about. We can't control uh, in the same way that McCormick. I mean, the spice company was on last night. Lawrence Kersey is talking about how the uh, trucks. When you, we can't control trucks. And some of the things with the ports and trucks seem very intractable. And, yes, things are going up. I was talking to Jason Gerwitz. I don't know if you know Jason's stuff. Jason's been, Gerwitz, he's been doing amazing stuff. Yeah. And I was talking about my, my restaurant, which I'm now transferring, but it'll be a later story. Um, that everything is up 30%. And I just don't know who would ever be such a knucklehead as to open up a restaurant right now. It's too expensive. Unless you have scale. And then you can tell some of these suppliers to stick it. But when you're at Bar San Miguel, you're getting stuck.
1: You think that's why there's been such emphasis on unit growth at Chipotle, at Yum, at some of these other?
2: They can talk to these. They can talk to suppliers and say, listen, that one's not going through. But when you've got your carting and hauling bill and it goes from $300 to $400, which is really, that's basic, small to medium-sized business. And you say, look, I'm not taking that price increase. They say, well, go elsewhere. I mean, the go out. How do you charge? You can't charge nine bucks for beer, not when you can get a six for much less than that. So everybody's bumping up against this, the DoorDash problem, which is that people are staying at home. That's what Lawrence Curtis has talked about yesterday. McCormick, uh, Gary's dead right. I mean, we're not we're not in a great shape, but we are in the stock market. We're not in the two and the ten. We're not in the uh, the. What's going to happen to certain people buying really beautiful stuff from RH? We're in a, a a market which just says there's a lot of opportunity, and I don't really care what Gary says. Even as Gary, I think is going to be right.
1: Uh, reminds me of what Ed Denny said last night. Uh, still a bull market. Yes. Uh, downside might have been 4,200. Upside he thinks 5,000. Range next year five to six thousand. Yep. Yeah, and you
2: uh, retweeted that, and I thought, yeah. I mean, I know Ed for a long time, and. Ed has been someone who's been preternaturally bullish, which, by the way, has been dead right. And if you were to to do uh, Wilson versus Yardini, I'd go with Yardini. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh,
1: Absolutely. By the way, um, as part of our Delivering Alpha investor survey, there was a question about what the biggest threat to the market is. Um, Number one answer, Federal Reserve misstep, followed by inflation, Jim, then Russian aggression, and then China and a resurgence of COVID. Well,
2: I'd I, I take off the table misstep by, by Jay. This has been, he's been, Mr. he has been denigrated by the media and by money managers for way too long. I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, I, I am concerned about the idea that we thought that the Russians were done with Kiev when what they did in Grozny was the exact same thing. When they decided to destroy Chechnya, in order to save it. Now that was a Russian republic, kind of like this. Um, what they did was they say, "Listen, we're going to like back off." Putin comes in, went back off, and then they just let the women and children go, and they leveled the city. Not unlike what we did with Fallujah, except for the fact that we're the good guys.
1: Uh, Brett Stevens today in the Times argues, "What if Putin did not miscalculate? What if I think that was his, a fabulous piece?" Uh, the whole idea would have been to get control of the energy-rich part of eastern Ukraine, right. which is. What may happen still.
2: Right. I thought that that piece is a must-read. I really and truly believe that people don't understand, other than than Zelensky, that the Russians have been addicted to artillery ever since 1942. It works for them. Uh, Tanks, not as much. And when you have artillery and the other side doesn't have the ability to spot it or bomb it, then it's unassailable. And you can just lob missiles from now till Kingdom Come. Grozny, uh, after after, uh, Putin was finished with it, the U.N. voted it. The most leveled city in the world. I did not know they had that particular uh, nomenclature, but yeah, there was nothing left to gross when he finished. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then today, Zelensky's on the tape suggesting that Russia uh, will be sending in new forces. There's still a lot of uh, skeptics, Petraeus among them. How do they do that, given some of the broken supply chains?
2: I'm surprised uh, I, uh, that General Petraeus, who's a man I cr- greatly admire, doesn't realize or has not studied what happened in World War II. They, they always have more divisions. Hitler misunderstood the divisions, Stalin explained the divisions. He knew that he had a lot more than a lot of other people and theres it's not 10 to one, it's whatever he wants it to want. Putin is able to conscript the nation, yeah. has to. Uh,
1: Jim was skeptical yesterday when we were getting oh, excited yeah. about the talks.
2: He's just a man, of his promises are meaningless. Yeah.
1: When we come back this morning, uh, Micron's chief, Sanjay Marotra on the better than expected guidance lifting his company stock. A lot of talk about data center. Uh, some comments today from uh, Taiwan Semi as well about consumer electronics beginning to slow, perhaps. We'll talk to Sanjay about that in a moment as futures are read uh, on this Wednesday morning. Don't go anywhere.
3: Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create.
2: Shares of Micron trading higher this morning. Chipmaker's second quarter earnings and outlook topped expectations. I love these numbers. Joining us now in a CBC exclusive is Micron CEO Sanjay Mirocha. Sanjay, you delivered again and they keep underestimating you. What's going on here?
5: First of all, Jam, uh, great to be on your show. Uh, Micron delivered an excellent quarter. Our team really executed well in the face of pandemic-related supply chain challenges. We delivered strong results in data center, record quarter in automotive, and of course, strength in cloud as well as enterprise and desktop PCs-related memory storage solutions. And we are building really strong momentum with respect to our technology execution, technology leadership, and product portfolio expansion. And this is what is positioning us to guide to a record quarter for our current quarter here in terms of revenues, solid profitability, and we are well on our way in terms of delivering a record year for the company in our fiscal year 22 with robust profitability. Well, Sanjay,
2: I know that we could Uh, Talk about data center growing 60 percent. You're doing unbelievably enterprise. But you know what? They always want to focus on whatever's wrong. So let's just focus on PCs for a moment. I mean, PCs are not that great. And uh, I could focus on enterprise versus PC and say that your stock should be sold. Uh, I think that that's incorrect narrative. But could you help explain to people that you're more than just a PC uh, chip maker?
5: So first of all, Jim, absolutely, we are a broad-based supplier into many end markets from data center to smartphones to PCs to automotive to industrial, and we see strong demand trends for memory and storage in all of these markets. Within PC, enterprise and desktop PCs with hybrid work and return to the office are actually doing well. And keep in mind, that's a favorable mix for us because those are content hungry applications for PCs. Enterprise PCs and desktop PCs require more memory and storage. Automotive, another strong, one of the fastest growth markets, 100 electric vehicles expected to be introduced globally. And those are like data center on wheels. You know, the the content of uh, memory and storage in these vehicles is going up 15 times from standard vehicles. And just think about it. There are uh, 90 million or so vehicles sold worldwide on a pre-pandemic basis. That's six times higher than even servers. So we are in multiple markets, 5G phones driving strong content growth as well. Also, I have to tell you, you become the leader uh, in trying to get
2: our country to be competitive when it comes to uh, building plants here. Now, uh, yesterday the Senate passed the 52 billion, and we know the House has, and we're apparently trying to reconcile the two. Could you reconcile the two for us and get this done right now?
5: I think it is really important that that we reconcile between Senate and House and get the CHIPS Act across the finish line. Investment tax credits are equally important as well because these are needed to really bridge the gap with what has been going on in Asia with the governments there supporting the growth of semiconductor industry over the last couple of decades. U.S. needs to catch up. We will catch up with CHIPS passing as well as investment tax credits getting in place over time. These will support the growth of semiconductor manufacturing, which is essential. We all have learned from the environment of COVID how important it is to have resilient domestic supply chain. So Micron, of course, we have manufacturing here in the U.S. in Manassas. We have a global footprint of manufacturing as well that really served us well during the pandemic, despite tremendous amount of challenges in serving the needs of our customers well. So I really absolutely continue to support the Biden administration, Secretary DiMondo, and the bipartisan coalition on Capitol Hill in terms of driving for passage of chips and investment tax credits. These are critically important for U.S. leadership in semiconductors. And Micron announced last year that we'll be investing over $150 billion over the course of the decade in leading-edge manufacturing and R&D. And we have an opportunity as we look at second half of this decade demand to bring more semiconductor memory manufacturing onshore. And as the only U.S. supplier of semiconductor memory and storage, I think we are well poised to continue to assure U.S. leadership in semiconductors related to memory.
1: Sanjay, production's uh, important, but so are raw materials. Uh, you gave some reassuring comments a few weeks ago about, say, the supply of neon out of Ukraine. Is that more at risk now the longer this conflict has gone on?
5: Uh, we highlighted that uh, we have some supply coming from the Ukraine region, but we have a well diversified supply supplier base from Asia, from other parts of Europe, as well as from the U.S. And, of course, we work with those suppliers to assure supply chain continuity with respect to the minerals, as well as materials and other components that are needed for semiconductor manufacturing. We have done really a good job in terms of diversifying our supplier base over the course of last few years. We have long-term agreements with them, as well as we have strong inventory in place. So we believe that we will not see an impact in terms of production output, but of course, as has been noted by many others in the industry, and it's a common challenge to everybody, The inflation-related as well as the pandemic-related and Russia-Ukraine war-related costs are going up with respect to manufacturing. However, Micron, we believe, will outpace the rest of the semiconductor memory industry in terms of cost reductions because of our leadership today in both DRAM as well as in NAND technology. We are several quarters ahead of many others in the industry in ramping up into production these most advanced technologies. That positions us well for cost leadership not just this year, but with our roadmap, we are well positioned in the future as well. So leveraging that technology base along with an expanding product portfolio and accelerating momentum with new products, new solutions in the data center space, as well as addressing other parts of the markets, we believe we are well poised for growth. Well, Sanjay, I thought you gave us an
2: optimistic outlook about the whole industry in terms of supply chain problems. After I finished your comp school, I said, "You know what? Maybe some of these areas where we keep hearing, say, the auto companies that they can't get chips, can't get chips. Maybe that, that shortage is getting better."
5: Am I too optimistic? So we do think that overall, the shortages are getting better as we move through calendar year 2022. But we also said that in certain parts of the markets, uh, in certain parts of the semiconductor industry, and some of the shortages do still continue, and we see those continuing into 2023. So overall, yes, shortages are easing in most areas, but in some areas, they are still continuing and will continue to challenge the industry into 2023 as well.
2: Well, okay, so let's just take that out a step further. Uh, There are a couple companies that make those chips. Why haven't they uh, broken ground with you? Why haven't they contacted Lamb Research and gotten the chips and the machines they need? What are with these companies? Are are they all afraid of of, of something? Like that maybe after they put all uh, the merchandise in and spend all the money that there'll be a surplus? A surfeit, as the analysts are, always worried about your DRAM?
5: Well, the industry has, of course, been investing in expanding capacity and in increasing production. Look at Micron. We are investing in our capex at the record level in fiscal year 22, of course, being very prudent making sure that our supply growth is in line with demand growth and we have been successful in continuing to fulfill the requirements of our customers. But there are shortages with respect to some of the foundry products, as well as with respect to some analog legacy components. Those shortages, while they're improving, still taking a little longer than what we originally thought. Industry, of course, continues to make investments, but you know that it takes a while before there is production output because of the long lead times that is there and certainly some of the equipment supply deliveries are getting pushed out as well. Micron team has done a great job in managing it and that's why we said that for the year we see that our supply growth will be in line with our prior expectations because we have been successful in continuing to manage our technology transition and successful product introductions.
2: All right, Sanjay, I do wish that you'd been up there with the uh, State of the Union address with Pat Gelsinger because you've been spending here a long time, but, uh, but you are too modest to be able to say that you belonged up there, too. I want to thank you for coming on Squawk on the Street and giving us an excellent look on the industry that too many people are way too negative on uh, because that is their nature. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jim. Sanjay Marocha, who runs Micron and is a humble winner.
1: Now, we're going to watch shares of uh, Micron at the open today. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and we'll count down to the opening bell. Still some other earnings to get to, including Chewy and Lulu and PVH and some interesting calls on Disney, Netflix, Rivian and Apple. We're back in a moment.
3: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals specialized across asset classes but united in collaboration our teams provide global and local expertise our investments shape tomorrow today pursue your tomorrow with pgim a leading global asset manager this podcast is supported by fedex dear small and medium businesses no one wants happy customers more than you do so you need a business partner just like you
1: A lot of discussion yesterday about that chart right there. The 2.10 spread, did it in fact invert for just a moment? Uh, Different databases uh, differ to have an opinion on that. But right now, looking at about nine points as uh, we continue to look for clues about recessionary risk in the year ahead. Opening bell coming up in just about five minutes. It's time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell.
2: You know, i got to tell you, Carl, I know that the Chewy CEO is going to book closing bell, which will be fun. And the reason why it'll be fun is because it was such a huge miss that we really need to find out what's going on. Now, I want to caution people at home. When you go over the conference call, the company's had almost nothing bad to say. They just talked about how one vintage of people have not uh, bought as much. But the company's losing a lot of money, and the analysts are getting more and more concerned. Not the company itself. The company's quite confident that perhaps the uh, losses here are, uh, let's say, uh, you know, kind of endemic. And one of the reasons why they're endemic, and they did not mention the call, and I think that was a big mistake, is that, woof, PetSmart has really come on very strong. And this is this new dynamic. You need omni-channel. You need brick and mortar. Uh, One of the things that I like about PetSmart, they have vets. And Chewy obviously does not have vets because it's online. So let's find out how Chewy reverses this. But they have to admit that they're problems. And they just didn't want to. They just talked about one bit of softness. Everything else was great. They're losing a lot of money, Carl. So the companies that are losing a lot of money, they had a good day yesterday. They had a good day the day before. It's long in the tooth after two days running.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a wider than expected loss. SGNA up 35. Um, gross margins down. A lot of that is supply chain, labor costs, new initiatives. But they
2: claim they have this new hub, and they claim they have this FedEx deal, and they claim this, and they claim that. I mean, the fact is, the dogs won't eat it. They want PetSmart. And I think that when you think about that, there is a resurgence of brick and mortar. Because you can buy, you, can, you know, you can Get it delivered to your car, you can check out the vet, they have grooming. So I think it may be just something which says, this was great, oh boy, they're gonna hate this. This was great during a pandemic, not as great after a pandemic. Active customers up about
1: seven over a Sue. There's the opening bell and the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the Big Star Board. It is Big Bear AI, provider of AI powered analytics and engineering, celebrating a recent listing at the NASDAQ at Solar Edge Technologies. Uh, doing the honors.
2: Um, I wish that we had uh, really pushed Sanjay on AI and machine learning. His chips work. Now, that is an NVIDIA bailiwick, uh, and it's not like Sanjay's gonna come on and say, you know what, I really think NVIDIA is a great company, but uh, that's their strength. These guys probably just know exactly how great uh, Jensen Wong is when it comes to what they, yeah. they study.
1: Well, uh, a lot of uh, discussion this morning about end demand. We mentioned Taiwan Semi, saying they're beginning to see a consumer. slowdown in some consumer electronics. Uh, Apple, though, today, uh, Wamsi Mohan of B of A, looks at trade-in prices and suggests there's there's no slowdown in demand oh, I for Apple. thought
2: that was a terrific report. Remember, there's a lot more to Apple than what we used to do. It's not handset sales. It's revenue streams. Uh, it's used trade-in. Uh, and I know the stock has had a historic run here. Uh, and I know there's a lot of analysts who jumped off it during that little uh, cul-de-sac, if not cre- crevasse. I will say that I think that they, when you open up Shanghai, and it will be opened up, then people are going to say, wow, looks like demand has returned. And don't forget, they have direct-to-consumer there, too. So I just think that the people who are dumping on Apple right here are, are, are kind of saying, wow, you know what? I've had a big run. Maybe it's time for me. I don't want to overstay my welcome. But they were never, they were sunshine patriots, to quote, to quote my friend Thomas Paine, They always were, right? Uh, Apple is
1: going for 12 straight wins today. That would tie the longest ever. Uh, Last time and only time it happened was back in 2003. By the way, we're on watch for a $3 trillion market cap at $183.83
2: would be the magic price. I think the company is the foremost technology company of our time that is producing a delivery system that makes it so that you subscribe to many different things. Uh, I also think, by the way, that one thing that's going to come about this quarter is you may actually see Apple Plus play a bit of a role. Now, Tim Cook has always been, I mean, this is a very self-effacing man. I mean, even if Duke wins the tournament, I do not think he will say that Duke's the best team. Whoever Duke beats, he will say play was a great <laughs> yeah, team, because that's the way he plays. Supposed to Eddie Q will trash talk anybody <laughs> who's number two. But I do think that um, that when you watch some of Apple Plus programming, you see where they're going. The revenue streams here are just, more, you have to have things backed up. You uh, There's many things that I find I take in Apple. I, I read, and, I, and by the by the way, the App Store, Forget it. I just buy it in the app store. I just am sick and tired of trying to go to a... I, I bought a newspaper, a British newspaper in the App Store, because I couldn't figure out how to do it on it's their. It's called consumer friction. Yeah. We, we don't like it. I'm an App Store guy. I don't, I mean, I look at when I was into Street.com, I started the company and I wanted it to be all up to Apple because I couldn't get through our own. <laughs> I mean, forget it. Apple's really easy. And yeah. they have my card. I did it yesterday, my credit card by American Express was hacked, okay? I'm in an Uber. $270 to go like around the block. What is that about? And I just feel oh, put it on Apple Pay. I mean what the yep, heck? Yep,
1: It's definitely Right easy. there. I actually thought about you yesterday because you've long said uh, own it, don't trade it. Yes. But this, this last two weeks where if you sold into weakness the doors closed on you almost immediately. Well
2: that often is what happens. It, you know, here's your hat, what's your hurry and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, the people who don't like Apple continue to think that it's a handset story. They don't understand it's a holistic story. Now, one of the reasons they don't is because, to some degree, Apple just says, look, can't you figure that out yourself? I mean, you know. You mean
1: no owner's manual?
2: Yeah, Um, I mean, like, you know. Think about what you do. You go on, you use the App Store, but you know I mean, you, there's some new things. I mean, I have the watch yesterday, and I've got the face of my wife. And, of course, someone criticized that on mentions. They said, oh, like, what is that, you and your wife on your, on your watch? Hey, last I looked, that was kind of a decent idea. No, no, it's got to be me and my girlfriend. No, I don't have one. Me and my children. I like this. But what matters to me is, is that, they give you choice like you wouldn't believe it. Right, And that's what he talks about. That's what Tim talks about. And that means customer satisfaction is really great. And remember, they're, like, number one everywhere in the world. But, no, we have to, like, shall me? I'm not a shall me kind of guy.
1: <laughs> we'll wait to see if they can make it 12 in a row. Speaking of... Uh... Popular consumer brands. Lulu, uh, Beats, Guides Above, Billion Dollar Buyback, uh, plans to raise prices on about 10% of its
2: styles. No problem. Uh, that was some comp. Conf- oh my, they got an anal meeting coming up. Uh, I thought this was one of the greatest conference calls. They've got new styles that are selling immediately. They have no resistance to higher prices. It was a tour de force conference call, and I think the people who sell that are just going to get bushwhacked. I really liked it. Don't forget, they're, talk- they're going to talk positively about the Mirror. You know, it had been Black Mirror until now. I think that maybe Mirror is going to be good. Uh, you know what? When, I- when it first came out, there were I mean, when the numbers first came out last night, people sold it nine ways to Sunday yep. because they simply didn't understand what was going on with the outlook because they shot first and then they asked questions later. And by the way, if Robin Hood, if they open up longer hours, people are going to be short uh, Lulu and then not wait for Calvin McDonald to talk about the unbelievable spring outlook. He's amazing. Yeah. That stock can go higher. Remember, that stock wasn't 485, it's at 360. Uh, I just, I loved that conference call. Yeah, uh, I felt very good after I shot Calvin and notes. In. I, it's really al-
1: Almost uh, the highs for the year on Lulu. Going to take you back to the first week of January. But
2: my boss got that
1: right. Uh, doesn't quite get to the 200 day. Now, PVH is not going to benefit similarly. Well, although they beat and revenue was ahead.
2: I don't know. I mean, PVH is so down and out that I'm not sure how bad. I don't think it's going to go back to its low. I mean, the problem was that they really didn't. Tommy Hilfiger domestically was not that good. Um, they also have a cotton problem. Cotton's expensive. But Stefan Larsson is, is a man of great mystery. He's not come on. It's not like Manny Chirico. He used to come all the time. I'd like to know more about PVH and what's really going on.
1: Also one of the most leveraged names to Eastern Europe.
2: Yes, it is. And uh, Europe was actually quite good versus the United States. I was surprised the United States. It was almost as if somehow traded. Away. I mean, Macy's is a big PBH play. I think Macy's having good quarter. So I've, I found it mystifying that the United States was so weak. And I think that Stefan, it's time for the first Stefan Larson to come on air. Uh, Manny never missed a quarter uh, ever since when it, when Mad Money started. He was uh, he was a regular. Yeah, Manny. He was go. a regular. I remember I was eating, having dinner with my with my nephew, who's my head writer and only writer, and, and Manny was next to us. We had just started the show, and I think he was like kind of blown, like everybody else is kind of blown away by my, my nephew and how brilliant he is, but we were t- talking, he says, ah, I think I should come on your show, and then he never missed. Meanwhile, as soon as he retired, Stefan Larson, I don't know, I mean, could be hiding in a, in a, a Hilfiger, tw- you, know, you know, they have that, <laughs> that knot. What is that thing called when you got that thing, the Tommy. Braid?
1: Tommy was up 18, by the way. Yeah, that was good. Calvin but not domestically,
2: I don't know. Look, Klein is good. I really root for these guys. And the reason I root for them is, is that they are American. I mean, like, well, of course, the stuff isn't made here. But, I mean, this is like our bellwether. As I feel about R.H., that's why I was so upset that Gary was in such a kind of a existential crisis mood. Gary, don't do that. Call me first. <laughs> you know, I know you had a couple of bad days, but that's what happened with Ethan Allen. They had a couple of bad days. And it's not going down. I want to buy RH when it settles. Now, if it's down 39, it'll probably be down 50 by the end of the day. But RH is going to have a huge spring. And Gary, stop talking about, like, when they're going to uh, get. Hey, you know what? Start loving the bomb.
1: Yeah, how I learned to love the bomb. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, I mean, that's going to take you, even though it's down 10%, maybe a a two-week low at this point. I know, and Janet
2: yelling. she doesn't mean bad. She's doing her best.
1: Although, I mean, I know you saw mortgage
2: apps. Oh, my God.
1: Purchase down 10 now. uh, Week after week after week. This is the biggest weekly jump in the 30-year fixed in 11 years. Yeah,
2: and the mortgage rates have really gone up. And it's kind of, if you didn't refinance, it's just kind of over. Uh, The numbers... The housing numbers. This is the problem that we have with KBH. Like, well, why are they building? You know, they're sitting there and like buying more and more land. Wait a second. Let's put everything on on pause uh, because I think that that's the weakness part of the, of the economy. Now, one of the problems is is is, is remember you mentioned that the is that is that Jay may get it wrong. Is their primary thing? Like Jay, it's working for Jay. It's working right now for Jay. Unfortunately, when you look at Williams-Sonoma stock or RH, it, that means that they get hit inordinately. But Jay's got it going. And I think one of the things that was most uh, encouraging about my my swan song interview with Fred Smith is he's saying we're going to have autonomous long-haul trucks. Now, I don't think you're going to, like, look at a truck over there and say, woo, But I do think that one of the things that really hurt our country was when— uh, was a safety decision that was right, because you never want to cut back on safety, of how many hours long-haul truckers can drive. Yes. But if you have autonomous long-haul trucker and you have a, a, a driver, and you can have a trucker next to it, then maybe they can extend the hours again, which would be really good. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, safety never takes a vacation, and you never want... I was once on... Um, uh, the guy, um, they're they against us on MSNBC. I never like to mention anybody's against us. And I, I was talking about the inn at that point I owned, and I said, you yeah, know, one of the things that really happened that cost us was the sprinkler system. It really cost us a lot. And uh, the host correctly said, um, well, you want to cut back on safety? No, no, I don't want to cut so, you know, Morning Joe is terrific, and I love him. But it did sound like I wanted to cut back on safety, and you can't. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, no, we did. Mood. Trucking is... Maybe one of the hottest parts that of is. labor tightness. Uh, every no time
2: you hear it, that, and whatever's going on in the ports, they have to radically change this July one deadline by the longshoremen. Uh, historically, the most radical. Yeah, you've mentioned uh, it a couple times. Union, it's going to be a real showdown, and I think the president's going to have to get directly involved.
1: Yeah, transports though don't seem to mind.
2: Well, they make you know they're they can make a lot of money. They pay their truckers far less than they make, and that's why there's this tremendous move by truckers and threes and fours to break off of large trucking companies, get their own insurance, and become trucking. There's some tremendous entrepreneurialism entrepreneurialism going on right now in truckers, where they're quitting the big truckers to create their own companies and getting $110,000. Hundred ten thousand and, and more efficient
1: really like, uh, compensation yeah, uh, for their I mean, time.
2: Like, a lot of people are uh, upset that some people in the economy are getting more money than they used to. I'm not. What I am upset about is just the cost of food is so high. And that's something Jay can't take care of. Uh, and it only gets worse. Ukraine-Russia is a humanitarian disaster and an economic disaster. We saw the news out of Germany. Uh, Cutting back. I have tellurian on tonight. Uh, We can supply enough nat gas, but do you know that GE has not gotten the big nat gas turbine orders? I always have to say it like two. They're the only guys. When Larry Culp's done remaking this company, he's got to make it so it's not T U R B A N, but T U R B I N E. But right now we've not gotten the orders that I thought would have happened, both nuclear or nat gas over in Europe.
1: Culp's one of those executives who got pressure on compensation and gave back, I believe.
2: Right. That's um, why I think Pat Gelsinger. And you is think denied. Gelsinger will do the same? Sure. I mean, Pat's a great guy, and he came in. The stock was at 62. Now it's at 52. It's just a big run. Uh, Pat's got one of the biggest pay packages. He's Jed, he's honest, he's earnest, great time to cut your pay, take to give some money back.
1: Separate from that though, does it, does the original package, the way it was constructed, suggest to you that comp remains broken?
2: No, the suggestion was that Intel's board remains broken and they couldn't get anybody good because the company had been run into the ground by the previous CEOs and it's a disaster. Is National. You, you international, you think it was a disaster. hard job
1: to fill. Given it's, there's- it's
2: been an international disaster, if not a disgrace, yeah. versus what we all remember from Craig, uh, Craig Barrett. What we all remember from Andy Grove. This is just a company that was a once great company, and it is painful. I mean, look at Nvidia. You want a great company? Look at Nvidia. Look at that market cap of Nvidia. Look at what they're doing in terms of the areas that they're dominating and crushing everybody else. That's how you get to seven hundred billion. I'm not insulting Intel. I was the great Andy Grove once quoted my, a piece that I wrote in the annual report, and I was quite grateful. And I helped run some of their treasury money, and my largest investor in my hedge fund was a, was like the fifth guy along. But they are not who we think that they, they are not who we think they are. And I have to tell you that Pat Gelsinger this is a terrific time for him to come on Tech Check, which I love. Go sit down with Deirdre and, or John of Fort Knox and say, you know what, I was paid too much, and it's time to give back. Maybe give back to Ukraine, to the refugees, yep, we'll like see. I'm going to do. We'll see.
1: The comp, though, uh, made some headlines today, 170-plus. Oh, it seems great. Right. Like,
2: uh, look, if the stock were up 10, I wouldn't be talking like this. Yeah. No, you don't get it from back from, from athletes. You, you wish you did. No,
1: since, since he was named, um, stock's down s and right. S&P's up 21. Thanks to uh, Follow the Air.
2: I, I would call that suboptimal. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jim, you mentioned Disney yesterday uh, on the heels of that park presentation. couple of notes out of Wells and B of A. They actually raised their park numbers. Right. Uh, Jessica Ehrlich reiterates a buy, 191. They're doing all this with no in- limited international, yeah. limited cruise capacity, it's limited time hotel na- capacity. It's
2: time for Nathanson to get a little more bullish. He's been holding back. He's going to be wrong. He should get on the bus. He should get on the Disney bus right now. I, I think that when I read through the presentations, I thought they were excellent. Uh, I think you're so right. This is one-handed. And when they do my plan, five shares, Disney, you get a, a price reduction in Disney Plus, uh, and you get in early park. When they do this, not the, if. The shareholder
1: loyalty Not program. if.
2: But when they do the shareholder loyalty, then you're going to see the stock spike because then you're going to get long-term individuals. Now, what is the reluctance to do this? Because I said it. You know, had I just told them, just, you know, here, I think this is an idea, they'd take it. But no, when some guy on TV says it, well, it's not good enough. Well, I'll tell you, I ran businesses, too. And you want to give loyalty where loyalty's deserved, okay? Talk to Ulta. Talk to Ulta. Ulta's got the best. Anybody who has the Ulta app, I mean, I, I, I get things I have no desire for because they're giving me, like on my birthday, they give me away the store. Come on, Disney. Go to Ulta.
1: Uh, there's, yeah. And also the ongoing debate about what their content strategy should be. Should it be broad? Should it be focused? Right. Narrow? Well, how about margin? tonight?
2: You know what started last night is Moon Night. Oh, which yes. Which is very dark. Yes. Very unfamily like, which shows me that JPEG is expanding. The umbrella is getting bigger. Right? Yep. He made that gaff. He took it back. Not before a lot of people, yeah, a little change your heart about yeah. the place, but I do think that um, that was a very un- well-attended, 100 people, Disney World, and we are king we, my Chapel Trust owns it, Nathanson, listen, I know you watch the show, this is your chance to get on board, and then I will thank you and congratulate you, and you'll say, Ooh, I feel so much yeah. better. Um-
1: Right now, Dow holding into a, about a 50-point loss, yeah. um, and Micron, one of the S&P gainers. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob.
0: Rare down day here after big momentum the last two weeks. We're essentially back to being slaves to oil, oil at 108. Guess what? We got oil stocks moving. We got metal stocks moving, uh, those big global cyclical names uh, in the uh, and some few industrial names like Caterpillar also moving to the upside. So oil, metals moving to the upside. Uh, tech kind of flattish. Kathy uh, Wood's ARK Fund, rare down day. It's been a rocket ship for her. ARKK just been up dramatically in the last uh, two weeks, but down today here. New high list kind of looks a little like the old high list. We've had a smattering of new names in the last few days, but we're back to energy stocks, Hess, Pioneer, Valero, Marathon, all uh, new highs there. Uh, I mentioned this big momentum. It has been quite a rocket ship in the last two weeks. Since uh, the close on the 14th, since the 15th, we have had We're up 11% on the S&P, up nine of the past 11 days. And the last hours have been remarkable. We closed at or near the highs for the day, nine out of 11 days. The last hour has been a rocket ship. A lot of momentum. This looks like momentum people just coming in. Commodity trading advisors, retail people, people who trade uh, on momentum. Low volatility prices up. They're momentum people. Uh, It's been very interesting to watch this. Just look at what's been moving. Uh, It's basically a lot of tech names and consumer descriptions discretionary in the last couple of weeks. So arc innovation, that's not a typo. 33 uh, percent. Consumer discretionary, technology up 16. Consumer staples in the more defensive sectors, they're up, but they're not moving nearly as much. So it, this is quite interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, the market's holding up because there's a better the economy's going to hold up. It's very simple. Now, we're ending the quarter here. We're going into a new earnings season uh, and the numbers are holding up very well. Estimates are first quarter is going to be up 6% year over year. Those are slightly lower than the beginning of the year, but not much. And you see the rest of the year, two, three, and four. The analysts have been actually raising their estimates recently. Overall, for 2022, we're expecting up about 8%. The average, historic average, is 6 or 7%. So we're not far from that. Remember, we've had an extraordinary year uh, in 2021. Well, so what's next? Uh, you know, I think the important thing here is the big winners and losers we're going to see. I'm, you were talking about amazing numbers for the energy companies. That is not a typo. 228% increase in overall for the energy sector year over year. Exxon, these companies are just gushing money and they're trying to figure out how to return all of it to shareholders, either dividend uh, or uh, some kind of buybacks, for example. Uh, There are a few sectors that are seeing their earnings coming down. Airlines, casinos, hotels, some of the retailers. You saw five below some of the comments today with them. Amazon, Meta, uh, you know, so keep an eye on some of these numbers here uh, and watch what they're going and seeing here. Uh, as far as what we're going to see for the second, third quarters, there are a whole divergence of opinion. So where are you on the growth slowdown? That's going to be the major question. There are people who think we are, and they're trying to argue that the numbers should be lower for the second and third quarter. And the other people who say it's not. Uh, the cost pressures, obviously, so these uh, essentially taxes on uh, food and energy costs, a tax on the consumer overall. Uh, Ukraine. And, of course, the Fed aggressiveness is the major issue. I guess what I'm saying here, Carl, is there is a very wide divergence of opinions on where these are going to go, and that's going to impact the second and third quarters. So there's a lot of confusion about how reliable second and third quarter estimates are right now. Carl, back to you.
1: All right, Bob. Thanks for that, uh, Bob Bassani. Quick reminder here, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at CNBC.com slash jointheclub or just use the QR code on your screen. Uh, before we go to break, watch bonds. Uh, we did get final GDP for Q4 this morning. 6.9, uh, not far from the prior estimate. Uh, final core PCE was 5. They did mark down personal consumption a bit uh, to 2.5 from a prior 3-1, and the 10 years right around 2.4. We'll be right back. Very busy day in the energy complex. We're going to get a House hearing on gas prices later on. OPEC Plus, of course, tomorrow. We'll get some inventory numbers and ongoing developments regarding uh, Europe's ability to wean itself from Russian supply. For now, though, uh, crude back up four bucks to 108.40. We'll continue in just a moment. Don't go away.
2: Jim, what's tonight? We've got paychecks. Good look at the economy. Gary Friedman, please listen up. And then Telurian. Okay, so Sharif Suki was the first guy to realize we had more liquefied natural gas than we could use, uh, and I think he'll tell us what's going on worldwide. leave German, he knows everything.
1: You, you didn't? You did include it in names that you favored.
2: Yeah, now he was one, at one point the highest-paid CEO, but then, he, but he made a ton of money. He should not have given it back. But again, I will applaud Pat. He's earnest. Pat here when he gives money back, and uh, Nathan and I don't think I'm get my Disney upgrade. But when Disney does my plan. My affinity plan at this taco (laughs) fly. It all began right here. Right here. There's no, you know, it doesn't have to be invented by them.
1: (laughs) We'll see you tonight, Jim. Mad Money, six p.m. Eastern time.
3: You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you